This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. From a harrowing taxi ride through a Palestinian hostage zone to getting canceled from Christian television, Keith Johnson and Nehemia Gordon share the miraculous mayhem of meeting Michael Rood and how one very peculiar Torah scroll was at the center of it all. Because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalom to our fans. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. Imagine going to meet Michael Rood in Israel, only to first be taken on a joyride on a terrorist-controlled hostage zone. Uh, that sounds about right for a first encounter with Michael Rood, doesn't it? All right, so you'll hear the whole crazy story from Keith Johnson tonight as he and Nehemia Gordon share a very cool story of how a Torah scroll brought Keith, Nehemia, and Michael all together. Now, before we get to anything else, let's see where we are in space and time according to the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. It is the second Shabbat of the eighth month, also known as Marheshvan. Uh, this is a time when there is not much going on in the Gospels because 70 of Yeshua's most trusted disciples were on assignment. And someone who was always on a massive assignment here at A Root Awakening is David Robinson. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live. Good to be here, brother. Yeah, good, good to, to have you. Yeah, so uh, lots going on right now. In fact, uh, right now is something that uh, you are helping to orchestrate, and this is a, a special hoodie offer that we have. The right. Name of God hoodie offer. God if you've hoodie. not heard of this thing, uh, we are having a Name of God hoodie in, uh, let's see now, black, White and navy, I navy. think. Yeah, so there's three colors, and you can see the, the link at the bottom of your screen there. That's where you can get it. Uh, now, this is not a regular thing. This is going to be gone very soon. This is your last chance to get it. So if you want one, today is the last day to order. So we may stretch that to the end of the weekend, I think, because we don't want folks ordering on exactly. Shabbat. So, yeah, right. so, so we'll extend that. Uh, so anyway, so information is there at the bottom of your screen. And uh, also we have something else that we're very fond of here at Root Awakening is the Bible Stumpers Trivia Game. Yes. And we have several, uh, I think we're going to do what, six? Six, six volumes Six in volumes in all. In all. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's coming very soon. Now, right now we have volumes one through four. Mm -hmm. And again, you can get it uh, Get it now for Hanukkah. Yeah. That would be a great thing to get, I think. Just even to use at Shabbat, you know? It's yeah. It's just a lot of fun. It's, it's an fun. easy game because all it is is a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. It's a deck of cards, and uh, here's the question. Do you get the answer right, yes or no? It's kind of like a, our version of, remember Trivial Pursuit? Yeah. Uh, and you can keep store, score, too, like we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so we keep score here. Who's, who's, got the, <laughs> who's got the best Bible brain? But there's, uh, there's 50 questions in all. So if you see, like, four volumes, you're like, well, how many... How many questions is that? Well, there's 50 questions in mm -hmm. all in each set. And so you get, uh, you know, four times 50, 200 questions. 200 questions. So that'll last you quite, that, that's yeah, quite a long road trip. very educational, too. I yeah. Mean, there's some good ones in there. There that, are. They were created by uh, Dr. Dean, our Dr. Dr. Dean, Dean, who's here. Uh, he Wordsmith. Helps, Wordsmith, yes. He, Dr. Dean gives us a word of the day here at Root Awakening. Every day. <laughs> and some of them are pretty funny. He knows they some are. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. And he's a professor at, a, at a, was or is a professor at a college. I think he's doing both things right now. But anyway, so he's, uh, he helps Michael. Uh, with with a lot of his teachings and things, and so uh, Dean uh, developed these questions. So you know it's Did coming a from a PhD. Job. There's some good ones. Yes, very good. Yeah. So that is uh, the Bible Stumpers trivia game. So there are, uh, like we said, 200 questions. 200 questions. Yep. So now, if you enjoy uh, tonight's first episode with Keith and Nehemia, I'll tell you this is a crazy I, story. I saw a picture. Is this where he had the bullet? hole in his windshield? Oh, gosh. Is that that same area? That that's the same to? area, I think, but that's another time. Yeah, okay. This is the way Michael is, we'll right? I mean, info on that. Yeah, <laughs> living on the is, edge. This is, a, if you've ever taken a ride with Michael Rood, I mean, you know you're living on the edge. So <laughs> yeah. You can imagine driving through Israel. So uh, I, I, some of the girls who went to see, uh, went to do uh, the, uh, 
Chronological, chronological Gospels. Yeah. They have some stories to tell of Michael uh, in with jeeps and wild mango groves and horses running around. It's, a, <laughs> it's crazy. But oh anyway, and they were in the biggest sandstorm of Israel's history, I think, when they went and shot that thing. So it's, mm -hmm. anyway, we'll tell you about that some other time. That's yeah, a funny story. That's another story. Another story. But if you are enjoying the story you're going to hear tonight about Michael, Nehemiah, and Keith, which is entertaining in itself, uh, it's called the, uh, the scroll, uh, Unrolling the Scroll is this series that we're starting tonight. And if you love that story, you will love the love gift that we have for October, and that's the scroll untold. This is all the best tidbits that they're not gonna share in this series, yes. but they're, they're revealing it on the, on, uh, the teaching. on the teaching. And so this is our gift to you. Uh, it's not for sale. It's for If you'd like to give to this ministry to help keep us doing what we're doing, uh, it's for a gift of $50 or more, we'll just give you this teaching to say thank you, we appreciate it. Here's the best parts of, of the story, the, the right. scroll untold. So that's for a gift of $50 or more. For a gift of $100, you'll get that and something that, David, you had a big part of. What yes. is this? This is the uh, blanket. Um, ah. Yahovah's appointed, appointed times. times. Oh, let's, let's hold it up there. Grab that side. Okay. This is big. This is like, what, 50 inches 50, by 60? 50 by 60. Something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Ooh, boy, look at that. Now, if you like these images around the edges, and you might recognize some of these if you have our yard, yard flags, flags yeah. because these are, these are all the images of Yehovah's appointed times on each yard flag, and we created the collage for them here on the blanket. And you can have this blanket in your home. Uh, again, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's not for sale. It's right. for a limited time only, only in October. If you give $100 or more to this ministry, we'll give you that teaching we mentioned with Keith and Nehemiah and, and this. And there's something else too, if folks want to give 300 yes, there's something the very silver, shiny over there. What is this? Silver-plated kish set. Ooh, look at yeah. that. So very there's nice. four goblets. Oh, those are heavy. Yeah, they are. And they have the, uh, they have Jerusalem is, is oh, a scene of Jerusalem. Yeah, okay. Scene of Jerusalem. So this, this is silver plated, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so silver plated Kiddush set. Right. So you can do the Kiddush with, of course, we do the Kiddush with Michael every Shabbat night live, right? So whenever we're done here, before we get to the teaching, we always do the Kiddush. And uh, so you can have this in your home to do that. Yep. Or you can have it for your family just as a, as a Shabbat, enter, enter into the Shabbat type of thing uh, every mm -hmm. Friday night. So there's four wine goblets, and then there's a, a tray to put it on, and there's this little tray, I guess you put with the bread on there, the bread. And you pass yeah. it around or something. Mm -hmm. That's a. I think I'm going to have more bread than that. Well, they actually have two of them. You get this <laughs> nice little travel case too. Okay. So when you're traveling, and if you're traveling on Shabbat, and you want to do your kiddush in the oh, hotel room, so you have this nice little case. All right. And because you also you have another more plate, bread. You, got two you got two plates. <laughs> Maybe that's this great. is for the butter. Maybe that's uh, that's what it is. Yeah. That's for the butter. Yeah. So. Uh, you can pass around the butter. So, yep. so you can have this, you can, you can get the trivia game. Mm -hmm. So if you're gonna go somewhere on Hanukkah, yeah, bring it all with you, it's all yep. portable. Like we said, the game's very portable, this is very portable. Uh, great idea, David, so yeah. th thank you for making that possible. All right, so uh, before we get to tonight's teaching, we wanna give you a little taste, take a look. And look, my whole, my whole career, I, I, I had a, a mentor who was a, a, what's called an anti-missionary, a counter-missionary. Mm -hmm. His whole career was to convince the Christians why they're wrong and the Jews are right. Mm -hmm. And I was expected to follow in his footsteps. And early in my career, I thought, all right, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I had these conversations with Christians and I found that they were not productive. Mm -hmm. I found that um, I've learned, I learned more and I was blessed more by focusing on the common ground Amen. rather Amen. than debating about why I'm right and you're Amen. wrong. Amen. Rather, okay, this is how I see things, here's how you see things. Let's try to understand each other, working together on that common ground. And what this um, Christian television station was trying to do was drag me down into something that went on in the Middle Ages where Jews were forced to convert to Christianity, mm. uh, to um, debate Christians or Catholics. And um, I said, you know what? No, that's just gonna lead to more hatred. And that's not what I'm about. My ministry is about focusing on the common Amen. ground and building up bridges rather than tearing them down. Amen. All right, so there we go. So there's the first episode. This is gonna be an entertaining one, I tell you what. So this is uh, Unrolling the Scroll, Nehemiah Gordon, Keith Johnson. And again, if you wanna hear the best parts, get the love gift. Uh, that is the scroll untold. It's the kind of the, the bonus episode. The bonus episode. The bonus episode, all right. All right, thanks for joining us tonight, David. It's good to be here. All righty, so Keith Johnson, Nehemiah Gordon share the miraculous mayhem of meeting Michael Rood and how one very peculiar Torah scroll was at the center of it all. But first, it's a kiddush with Michael. So grab your bread, grab the wine, and meet you back here in two minutes. When Keith Johnson purchased a centuries-old scroll, 
he got more than he bargained for. And now, after sharing the scroll's surprising oddities on Shabbat Night Live, Keith Johnson and Nehemia Gordon are revealing the best surprises of all in this month's Love Gift teaching. He said, Keith, I don't know if anyone's ever been able to show this sort of thing this way. Didn't you not say that? I don't know that anybody ever has taken something like this microscope and showed it to an to a audience that wasn't a bunch of academics at a conference. In this month's Love Gift teaching, The Scroll Untold, Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson share the best-kept secrets of one very unique scroll. From mystery markings to rabbinic rule-bending, you'll love every minute of this eye-opening story. Right now, for a limited time, you can get your copy of The Scroll Untold by donation. Donate a $50 love gift and we'll send you The Scroll Untold on DVD or Blu-ray. Or for a donation of $100, we'll send you The Scroll Untold, plus an incredibly soft microfiber blanket depicting Yehovah's appointed times, available only from A Rude Awakening International. Or as a special offer, for a donation of $300, we'll send you The Scroll Untold, the blanket featuring Yehovah's appointed times, plus a silver-plated kidder set with four wine cups decorated with scenes from ancient Jerusalem. These are special gifts from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Don't wait. The Scroll Untold is available only until October 31st and supplies are limited. Call now to receive your gifts. 888-766-3610. That's 888-766-3610. Or get your gifts online at monthlylovegift.com. On the morning that the Passover lambs were selected, there were two loaves that were put on the wall of the temple. When the first one was removed, after that, no more leavened bread was eaten. When the second loaf was removed, then all of the leavened bread in the land of Israel was then burned because the Feast of Unleavened Bread was going to commence at sunset that evening. The night before, Yeshua took artos. He took leavened bread and he blessed the Most High in the presence of his disciples and he interpreted the Kadosh Mikra, the holy rehearsal that Melchizedek put in place with Abraham. Yeshua said the prayer of the Melech Zadik, Baruch Atah Yehovah Eloheinu Melech HaAlam Hamotzi Lechem Haaretz. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, Yehovah, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. And he said, this represents my body, which is now broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Then Yeshua took the cup and he said, Baruch Atah, Yehovah, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Borei Pri Hagafen. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our God, the King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And then he said, you take my cup, divide it among yourselves. I will not drink a sip of the fruit of the vine till I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. So as often as we do this now, we rehearse not only his death, but we rehearse that we will be at the marriage supper of the lamb and at the marriage supper of the lamb, he will take his cup and say, Lahaim to life everlasting. And until then, Shabbat Shalom. If you go to a Christian bookstore, of course you will see rows and rows of Bibles. Bibles that have been printed in on a printing press uh, in a big factory, all of them are exactly the same. Now, that's not the way it used to be, of course, with scrolls. Every scroll was handwritten. If a scribe had to write a scroll, he had to go from another scroll in order to transcribe that new scroll. So every scroll has a story of its own. There are millions of stories in the world, I'm sure, that have attachments to every scroll there is. And today we're going to share a story from a very special scroll uh, featuring Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live. Scott, good to be well, here. Scott, it's great to be here. Now, we have a scroll in front of us here, but before, I, before mm. we describe that one, uh, we have two scrolls that are 
sisters, if you will, to, to this one uh, mm -hmm. in the ministry that were given to us by uh, the football great uh, Reggie White, the late Reggie, Reggie White, awesome. Reggie White, and uh, uh, his wife Sarah still lives in the area, mm -hmm. and uh, she has some mm -hmm. scrolls of her own, I believe, mm -hmm. and uh, he donated these to to Michael. Uh, to the ministry. Mm. He was a big fan of A Rude Awakening. Yes. Uh, gave us some mm. uh, camera equipment, all kinds of things. And so these scrolls have become uh, legendary in our, our <laughs> office. And there's some big stories behind scrolls. I've heard of things like uh, being smuggled out of, out of places where Saddam Hussein was setting fire to every uh, Torah scroll mm -hmm. and all these type of things. So there's all kinds of stories out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are some verified stories about scrolls. And we have one, mm. especially about this. Now, now this is yours, right, yeah. Keith? This is your scroll? I guess you could say it's my scroll. Okay. <laughs> but I, I don't consider it my scroll. I feel like it's uh, been on loan uh, from the Father. And, and that sounds really radical. For sure. Yeah, um, no, I get because that. Because of it, um, this scroll, my life has changed. Uh, it's related to Michael. It's related to Nehemiah. It's related to myself. Uh, there's a story that interconnects us all. And I just have to say, it wasn't our plan to actually do this. Oh. We were at the end of Hebrew Gospel Pearls, mm -hmm. the Biblical Beatitudes, verse 12, talking mm -hmm. about rejoicing. Yeshua tells us to rejoice. And Nehemiah uh, was the one a little while ago, he said, you know, maybe the rejoicing is around the Torah scroll. And so this talk after talk after talk, it took until, I think it was yesterday or something, we said, you know what? Maybe we should bring this scroll in that is related to this in, in, in talking about rejoicing. And so that's why it's here. And, and hopefully we're gonna tell that story. Well, I want to explain the association that I had with rejoicing and the Torah scroll. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 12 in the Hebrew, it says, Sisu v'simchu, which is rejoice and be happy. And that word simchu, my association is there is a Jewish celebration every year. It happens the last day of Sukkot, and it is called Simchat Torah, mm -hmm. the rejoicing over the Torah and the, being happy over the Torah, being glad over the Torah. And the idea of Simchat Torah is you just spent a year reading each week a Torah portion. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the end, you rejoice. And growing up, this was one of the biggest holidays for me. Uh, it's not a holiday command in the Torah. It's more of a traditional uh, addendum, in a sense, to uh, Sukkot, right? Because Sukkot's the one God commanded. Here, on the occasion of Sukkot and the renewing of the uh, cycle of reading the Torah, what they'll do is they will, um, uh, in the synagogues, they'll dance around the synagogue in a big circle. And what they do is they take the Torah scrolls out from the ark and they hand people the scrolls and you have to be very careful because the tradition is if a scroll falls on the ground, you're supposed to fast for 40 days. Now, Ooh. Scott, I could probably do with some fasting, <laughs> but I'm not so sure about 40 days. <laughs> and uh, it was funny, I was, I was sharing this with this uh, woman who in England who... Um, had a Torah scroll in her church. And I told her about this. She said, well, I'm not Jewish. I'm, I'm not, I said, I'm not saying you should fast. I'm trying to communicate to you how significant this is in, in Jewish culture, mm -hmm. this, the Torah scroll. And you mentioned how, um, you know, when books are printed, they're all identical. And in a sense, the Torah scroll is this archaic artifact, right? It has the five books of Moses written out by hand, but it's more than that. When the parchments are prepared, According to the tradition, they have to be prepared specifically for the intent of writing on them a Torah scroll. So you can't just go, let's say, a hundred years ago, five, a thousand years ago, five hundred years ago. You couldn't just go to the market where they might have parchments for all kinds of handwritten documents and say, "Okay, I'll take three of these and two of those." No, they had to be prepared specifically for the purpose of writing a Torah scroll. There are all kinds of other rules and regulations that go into writing a Torah scroll, and the idea was that originally everything was on scrolls. Didn't matter what you were writing, scrolls were the way things were written. Unless you wrote like on stone on the wall or on clay tablets, right? But if you were writing on a flexible material, it was a scroll written on leather. Mm. And what happened is there was this invention during the Roman period called the Codex. A Codex is very similar to our modern book. It essentially is our modern book. The Codex is, and I remember this when I was a kid in elementary school, we would have these really old beat up uh, um, books that were maybe 10 or 20 years old and the back was coming off and you could see how there were these little notebooks, right? And, you, and they would sometimes come apart and you'd see there were pages folded and inside them other pages, inside them other pages. That's a codex, right? Mm. We call it a book today, but it's essentially that's a codex. And when the codex came along, it was quickly adopted by Christians and Jews said, no, our Bible has always been in the form of a scroll. We're gonna continue perpetuating this format 
not just the contents, but the actual format needs to be perpetuated uh, based on how it was when it was received from Moses, or, uh, when Joshua received it from Moses, and etc. Meaning, they uh, have this idea that the, the Torah should be reproduced the exact way it always was. And Simchat Torah, you take out these Torah scrolls from the Ark and you dance around with them, and um, and that'll actually be important. So, so when I when I heard um, when we got to the end of the, this uh, thing, Sisu v'Simchu, I had two associations with those words. The first word, Sisu, is another word for rejoice, and it's associated with a bride, uh, a groom over a bride, mm-hmm. and. That made me think of the Torah scroll. Why did it make me think of the Torah scroll? We could show here to the audience. This is a wedding photo. This is at Keith's house outside. It was during COVID. And I was in one corner with my uh, fiance, soon to be wife. Keith was in another corner <laughs> his, uh, with his wife. Yeah. The two witnesses were in the third corner. And, um, and, and so Keith had this amazing idea. He said, let's take out the Torah scroll as a witness to this uh, Amen. wedding. Amen. And so I actually got married in front of a Torah scroll. And that's not even entirely accurate. Not a Torah scroll. I got married in front of this Torah scroll. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to so has a story. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, why this Torah scroll? And I'll let Keith back up 20 years before yeah. that, 19 yeah. years before that, and say, why this Torah scroll? Permission to slow down. Oh, do tell us because I have to tell you something. I've been overwhelmed Mm. with the idea of even bringing this scroll in here to this um, place. Mm. This place uh, uh, for me represents Michael, uh, Michael Root. It represents Nehemiah, and represents myself. And and this this scroll, and it even represents Reggie White. Believe it or not. Uh, when I first saw a Torah scroll, I was the director of Christian Athletes United for Spiritual Empowerment. Well, I had two founders of our, our ministry. One of them was Reggie White. And we used to do a conference every year. And this particular conference we did in Colorado. And it was the first time I ever saw a Torah scroll. Hmm. So I'm here with all these athletes. I'm the director. I'm in charge. I'm in the front row. And there's a Torah scroll. Scott, I reach my hand out towards the Torah scroll and I start to weep. Hmm. And I'm like, why am I crying? I have no idea. Tears are coming down. My sister-in-law is next to me. I'm like, give me tissue. I can't, I couldn't explain. Hmm. Why would I cry? So after that experience with the Torah scroll, a year later, I had a dream. And the dream was very clear. It was around the time of Passover 2002. And and, uh, I heard a voice that said, if you can tell me where the scroll opens up, you win a million dollars. I said, Ezekiel chapter one, verse three, a scroll comes down. I wake up. It was at that spot, one, three. And I hear a voice that says, uh, meet me in my city at the time of Shavuot. And I was like, what? No, it's like a, really a voice, okay? Now, wow. now folks are going to listen to saying, okay, you guys are making up all this stuff. Here's where this gets really, really concrete, Scott. I hear this voice, and then the question is, okay, I know I'm supposed to be in Israel at the time of Shavuot slash Pentecost for my tradition. I'm finding out when that is. Okay, here's when it is. I start talking to my friends. Reggie White was one. I said, hey, Reggie, you know anybody um, in Israel? He said, yeah, yeah, I know a guy named Michael Root. Here's the phone number. Give me the phone number. I call Michael Rude. I don't know who Michael Rude. Never heard of him. Hi, my name's Keith Johnson. I had a dream. I'm supposed to be in your uh, in Israel at the time of Shavuot. Uh, can I come stay at your house? Silence on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting to see if it was bad pizza. Yeah, it's like, wait, wait, what's that? So long story short, I told this story at Shavuot last year. You can hear about it. Michael says, absolutely, you can come. He opens up the house. Now, before I leave to go to Israel, I say to myself, I got to get my own Torah scroll. Hmm. So I start calling around. Come to find out, since I didn't win the million dollars, there's no way I was going to afford it. $50,000 for a brand new Torah scroll. Ooh. I, I didn't care. I brought an empty suitcase I called it my ark. I'm going to bring the scroll back. I tell my wife, I'm going to go to Israel. She says, why do you have the empty suitcase? I said, honey, I'm going to bring back a Torah scroll. She's like, okay, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) I go to Israel long for, let me give you the short story. I get to Israel. I'm every day out walking, experiencing things. I I meet a man and I I say to him, hey, I found a phone number of some people with a Torah scroll. However, they speak Hebrew. That's not a language that I'm speaking. He spoke two languages, Arabic and Hebrew, and he spoke English. He calls on the phone. Long story short, finds out there's a man who has Torah scrolls in a place called Ma'ale Adumim. Ma'ale Adumim is a significant place. I don't want to take over here, but Nehemiah, would you do me a favor? Could you share just a little bit about the significance of that place, Ma'ale Adumim? Well, Ma'ale Adumim is a a, a geographical location mentioned in the Tanakh, and it is uh, about 
uh, 30 minutes west of Jerusalem today. It's really a, a suburb of Jerusalem. Mm. The people who live in Maladumim drive to work in Jerusalem. And um, in recent history, the significance of Maladumim is that it's one of two places in uh, in the areas that Israel liberated in 1967, in Judea and Samaria. It's one of two places where there's such a large population concentration that there's no way Israel could give that to the Arabs without expelling 50 to 100,000 Jews. And if you think just on a financial uh, um, level, the country couldn't afford to do that, mm-hmm. right? You'd have 100,000, maybe even 150,000 people who would be homeless. You'd destroy their homes. Now, they actually did that to 9,000 people in Gaza, which I think was a tragedy. It was a horrible thing. Uh, they were promised by the United States government they would get $10 billion to resettle those people. Almost immediately after they expelled the Jews from Gaza, Hurricane Katrina hit. Mm. And it was decided by the United States, well, we have better things to do than give this to Israel. We're going to use it for Hurricane Katrina Mm -hmm. relief. And so they kicked those Jews out, and some of them were living in tents years later. Mm. So in Israel, they say, we can't kick our people out of Maladumim because where would we put them? We couldn't even afford to move them if we wanted to. It's just impractical. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to make peace, there has to be some kind of compromise here. So that's really today the significance of Malia Dumi. So find out. And my sister lives in a suburb of Malia Dumi. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we find out that this guy who has these Taurus girls is in Malia Dumi. He happens mm-hmm. to be out of the country in South Africa, uh, out in Greece. He's got a South African man at, watching his house and his son. I've got an Arab man who says to me, I can help you get this Taurus girl. He says, but it's not good for me to go there. <laughs> Long story short, I made him go. We went, we showed up, and in this apartment, this Jewish apartment, there are three scrolls. I look at the one and I think to myself, which one fits in my suitcase? <laughs> I'm telling you, that's all I know. Which yeah. one's going to fit in my suitcase? I get it. Yeah. The Arab man says this to me, Scott. He says, it is a holy book. We must take it home immediately. Everything changes. We put it in the car. We go back to Michael's house. So this is not, this is not a, a Jewish man. This is an Arab this man. This is an Arab man. Okay. Well, the Arab man is with him at the house of the Jewish yeah, man. Yeah, I'm who trying owns to tell the, the short story because I see the yeah. time. See, well, but I mean, I mean, he even has respect for the scroll, even oh, though it's not yeah. immediately. Well, it's, and I'll tell you why. This gentleman, uh, this Arab man, was was a Muslim, and in the Quran, it actually recognizes the Torah as a valid book. Oh, okay. It calls it El Torah, the Torah. <laughs> okay. And it recognizes that that is, according to them, the Word of God. Amen. So, so Muslims consider the Torah to be sacred. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing, and this, Mike, this will re- 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 um, relate to Michael. At the time that I went was the time of the Second Intifada. Mm. Things are blowing up all over. The State Department says, don't go to Israel. <laughs> when mm-hmm. I get to Michael's house, he says, oh, okay, you can go where you want, but don't go to the West Bank. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I won't go to the West Bank. The guy who's going to take me to the Torah scroll says to me, I'll take you to Ma'alei Minadamim if first you'll go with me to Beit Lechem, Bethlehem which was closed at that point. <laughs> and nobody goes to Bethlehem at that time. It had just had the, uh, the, 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 the Church of the Nativity. The where the, the yeah. terrorists had taken over the Church of the Nativity. Yes. Oh, and they were holding the monks hostage. They were holding them hostage. And so here I am with this Arab man on my way to Bethlehem. Uh, and there's nobody there. There's no tourists there. But I'm there because the deal was I go with him first. He goes with me second. Why did he drag you to Bethlehem? He said he wanted me to see it. He says, I'll, I'll take you. But <laughs> when, first, he t- when Keith yeah, tells the story tour. to my mother about going to Beit Lechem, she says that was a very dumb thing to that do. That was a very dumb thing. <laughs> and my, I, think, I think Michael would have said she at that was point, right. listen, it was not a smart thing to do. However, let me tell you something. When God gives vision, he always gives always. provision. <laughs> the vision was I knew I'd come back with a Torah scroll, and I had found an Arab man who I thought was going to help me get to a place to get it. Mm. After I get the Torah scroll, I go back to Michael's house. It's me and it's Michael and someone else is staying there. And I said, hey, Michael, I'd, I'd asked him some questions about Hebrew and Greek. And what I loved about Michael, every time I saw him, he was studying his Bible. Hmm. Every time. But here's what he never did. He never said to me something that he didn't know. So if I went to him and I said, Michael, what about the Greek? He says, you know, that's not something I'm focusing on. Hey, I really want to go into the Hebrew. He says, I know a man. I have me a Gordon from the Hebrew University. <laughs> I want you to meet him, he says. He's the guy that can help you. Huh. He calls Nehemiah. This is so significant. He calls Nehemiah, and we're going to meet at a place called Mount Zion Hotel. And we go to the Mount Zion Hotel. Now imagine now, the conversation is between Nehemiah and Michael. I can't get a word in edgewise. (laughs) I finally get (laughs) Nehemiah's attention. I said, hey, Nehemiah, uh, listen, I got a Torah scroll. Stops eating. Okay. And I had a dream. 
he starts eating again. <laughs> in other words, this is some crazy Christian guy. He's going to come and talk about this stuff. I tell him about the Torah scroll, and he's like, it's not a real Torah scroll. There's no way. Michael says, All right, you know, here's how we can solve it. Let's go back to my house. So, so let me explain my perspective. So I mentioned to you about Simchat Torah, the end of Sukkot. Everyone dances around in the synagogue, and, and they're, walking, they're dancing in a giant circle around the synagogue, carrying Torah scrolls. But if you drop the Torah scroll, you're supposed to fast for 40 days. So what do you do with all the kids who are celebrating? So you give them a little toy Torah scroll. It's <laughs> oh. printed on paper. Today, these days, it's made in China. Back then, I think it was made in Taiwan. You give them a printed Torah scroll, which doesn't, isn't considered to have the same sanctity as the handwritten Torah scroll written by a scribe who undergoes certain, uh, all kinds of different rituals in order to write the scroll on parchment the way it was written, possibly or presumably in the time of Moses, the little printed one, you know, it costs, I don't know, 75, 100 shekel. You know, the kid drops it, nobody really cares, right? Okay, you shouldn't drop the Torah, but it's not the same magnitude in Jewish culture. Sure. And I'm sure that's what this guy has. He's got a little toy printed Torah scroll. It's on white paper. He's going to teach me a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my first time meeting Nehemiah. He's coming to Michael's house. Michael knows what's going on. I don't know what's going on. All I know is I need somebody to help me with this Torah scroll. We take, well, first of all, we come into the house and Nehemiah says, he looks at it and his face changes. Hmm. He looks at the front of the Torah scroll. He says, do you know what that says on there? I'm like, of course I don't. I have no idea. All I know is it will fit into my suitcase. Okay. <laughs> he reads what's on the front of the Torah scroll. Nehemiah, would you read what's on the front of this Torah scroll? Maybe hold it up so that people I, can see I'll it. I'll do that, but I want to read the whole passage once, once okay. we, uh, I want to give it a context we'll here. Put it on the screen so everyone so, yeah, can see it. So yeah, let's put it up here. Um, it says, uh, ki, oh, I can't actually see it over there. Okay. Ki mitzion tetzei Torah, for out of Zion shall go forth the Torah, Udvar, and then it has a hey representing Yud Hevavhe, and the word of Yehovah mi Yerushalayim, and the word of Yehovah from Yerushalayim. Mm -hmm. And what moved me about it, why I was all of a sudden silent, is here is this guy. I think he's some crazy Christian. No, it wasn't it's entirely a pastor wrong. from the, Me the Methodist <laughs> pastor who's come to some Israel. Pastor, something to do with football with, players. With I don't know what this is about. And and he he gets a Torah scroll. That doesn't make sense. Torah scrolls cost tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, you can pay a lot more than fifty if you, if, okay. you know if it, depending on the situation. You can pay less too if it's maybe uh, mm -hmm. not as nice. Um, and uh, or maybe if it's refurbished. So I'm thinking, well, there's no way this is a real Torah scroll. And I see this. Well, you don't see this on the toy scrolls, right? You, you'd see it, but it would be much smaller. This is not what I expected. And I immediately recognize this as a prophecy from Isaiah. Let me read it. It's Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. It's also in the book of Micah. It shall come to pass in the end of days. The mountain of Jehovah shall be established. Uh, the mountain of the house of Jehovah shall be established at the head of the mountains and will be raised up from the hills. And all the nations shall flow to it. And the word there is they'll flow like a river. And many nations shall go and they will say, let us go up to the mount, mountain of Jehovah, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us from his ways mm. and we will go in his paths. For the Torah shall go forth out of Zion, which it says here, and the word of Jehovah from Jerusalem. And here is this Gentile coming to me, coming to Israel, coming to the place of uh, the mountain of Jehovah. We're at the Mount Zion Hotel. Zion the is the name Zion of the Hotel. mountain on which wow. the temple is built. And here he is coming and saying he doesn't know why. He had some dream and he's supposed to come get the Torah. And I'm like, whoa, okay, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> well, we'll continue with this in just a second, but that always brings to mind this little joke that I always say. That's one of those moments where God turns to Gabriel and says, hey, Watch this. <laughs> Watch what I'm going to do. This is going to blow our minds. Blow my mind. Yeah, and it, it did it blow our minds. It gets better. better. It gets better. So stay tuned. It gets better. You heard these guys talk about it. So if you are enjoying this program so far, we have you to thank for it because you are the one who makes this possible. You make it possible for us to bring in Nehemia and to bring in Keith. And we just want to thank you, first of all, for making this show possible. And we're asking you, would you make it possible for others to see? This is where you come in now. If you can make a donation to A Rude Awakening right now, we can ensure that this teaching and teaching teachings like it, get to go to other folks who haven't seen anything like this before. Let's blow their minds with the word of Yehovah, with the, with the things Yehovah puts together. Let them see that this kind of stuff is real. So we're going to leave you just for a couple of minutes here. We'll be right back and thank you in advance for your donation. Thank you for your support of Shabbat Night Live. Because of you, we are able to tell really cool stories about the Bible. Keith Johnson, Hemi and Gordon, uh, welcome back. We are talking about how Mount Zion, Mount Zion Hotel, yes. 
Michael Rood, Nehemiah Gordon, Keith Johnson all meet together for the first time all around this very Torah scroll. This and, scroll. And I understand this scroll has only been on television ever, what, once? Yeah. Once before. This is once the second before. time ever. Yeah. Okay. Can, um, can I actually show the people where you keep it? My wife took this photo the other day at Keith's house, and ever since he got it, he's kept it in this, um, you can see it here, in this uh, little space with the light coming out. It's very beautiful. But I, th I think this is, the, other than taking it out for my wedding and maybe a few other things, it's the only second time it's ever been on television. Yeah. Wow. And I'm really excited about that. <laughs> well, I'm excited too, but I want to tell you what happened. Okay. Tell us. Before Continue we get to the, the thing, you know, he's gonna, I know what he's going to do. He's going to push my buttons. <laughs> this is what he does. He pushes my buttons. So <laughs> what we're going to do, so, so now Nehemiah says, would you like me to read it for you? <laughs> of course we would. <laughs> he takes off the cover. Mm -hmm. He unrolls it. There are no chapters. There are no verses. Right. He just unrolls the scroll and he starts to reading. In Hebrew, I say, Nehemiah, what are you reading? I'm reading here in Leviticus chapter 23 about the holiday of Shavuot. Hmm. You say, hmm, I start dancing. Why do I start dancing? I thought this guy was crazy. He's like, woo! I'm dancing. Like, Why? Because I had a dream. And in the dream, God tells me, meet me in my city at the time of Shavuot. Oh, that's right. Yes. The Arab man yes. takes me to a Jewish man's house. There are three scrolls. I pick the one I think is going to fit in my empty suitcase. I find a man who can read the scroll. Michael introduced him to me. Mm -hmm. We go to the apartment. He just unrolls the scroll and starts reading. So you didn't, you didn't specifically pick out this oh, no. passage. This you is just important. Kind of so, so, so here's the point in a Torah scroll. to get, And we'll see this. Uh, I'm really excited because in, in a future episode of Shabbat Night Live, we're actually going to open up this scroll and show it to people <laughs> with Keith's permission. Uh, yeah. You guys have set up a technology where they'll actually be able to see what's inside the scroll. Wait, are we going to do that? We're going to do it. And this uh, is a very and, special scroll, and, I understand. And, so. and, one of, and one of the issues is you can't just flip from page to page. It's a scroll. It's a whole process uh -huh. to roll it from section to section. So all I do is I unroll, and I start reading the closest paragraph to me, which is the last paragraph on the page. Wow. And I'm not thinking about the, you know this dream, the dream this guy had. I'm just choosing the you know what is in closest proximity, the first paragraph at the bottom. And, and Scott, at this point, I'll, I'll never forget it. Uh, Michael's there. I'm dancing, Nehemiah's red, and Michael's just looking out the window. And it's the three of us, <laughs> okay? Now think about that. Michael's looking out the window like, oh my goodness. Nehemiah's confused, and I'm dancing because I'm watching vision and provision. <laughs> God gives a vision, there's provision. I don't know about the prophecy of Isaiah at that point. I don't know about being called to get the Torah for it to go. Since that time, we have done Torah uh, portions off this Torah. We've done uh, Torah, Torah pearls. We've done prophet pearls all of it based on the teaching going forth around the world. Here's where it gets interesting. After all of that, I tell Nehemiah, I need you to teach me how to read it. He said, no way. I need you to help me. He says, ain't gonna happen. Mm -mm. And the next day, we're in the old city of Jerusalem. We're talking. It takes a long time. I say, Nehemiah, I really need your help. I need to be able to read this scroll. We went through a process. No, 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 no. The long story short was he agreed. He put me through an intense process. One day we went to a synagogue. How can I tell the synagogue story? <laughs> we go to a synagogue. <laughs> we go to a synagogue. Well, maybe I shouldn't tell the story. No, tell it. No, no, I want you to tell the story. We go to a synagogue. What happens? And You're they, the conspiracy and, guy. And they have this Torah scroll there. And in front of everybody there, I'm like, okay, Keith, you've done this year and a half with me teaching you Hebrew. Let's see you read the scroll. No preparation. No, uh, and remember, there's no vowels in there. Right. There's no commas. There's no periods. Mm -hmm. uh, although we'll see something very special in oh here. Oh my gosh! But in a normal scroll, there it's just the consonants, just letters, and the spaces between the words. But other than that, all you have is the letters. And uh, he unrolls it and he starts to read and translate. And I've never, I've never been so proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> proud of me. Now, here's why this is significant, uh, Scott. Something's happened in the last few days. We opened the scroll the first time. Mm -hmm. With Well, I guess I should tell what happened in the meantime. I mm -hmm. probably should tell that. We opened the first score the first time. Why is this related to you? A rude awakening, all of that. When I had an opportunity to do some teaching, I was invited to a television station called God's Learning Channel. They wanted to do, can I, can I use this yep. one second? Go ahead. They wanted me to do a series on this book, His Hollywood Name Revealed Again. I had sent it to the owner of the, the, the television station. She read it. Actually, her words are in this book. Hmm. How I touched her in the back. There's a CD that has the names of God. It's just, I, I love this book. Okay, so they bring me in me, and I'm doing a 12-part episode a series on this book. 
at episode seven, I'm over in Israel with Nehemiah, and we're preparing another series for television. We're going to do a series on the Gospel of Matthew. So we're over there talking, and we're preparing, and I get an email. And the email basically says, Keith, we're going to stop your series unless you can get your friend Nehemiah Gordon to come on TV and do a live debate with a... a a Jew who's converted to Christianity. A Jew who's converted to Christianity. Ah. They wanted to have a disputation. If you don't bring your friend into television, you're done. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. Um, I have the emails. Now, now you have to, now, now, I, I feel like you're not setting the full context here. Of course not. Right? So, so, <laughs> I'm looking so, at the clock. <laughs> so Keith does a 12-part uh, series on the name. And as part of that series, he brings this Torah scroll in. He brings in a facsimile edition of the Aleppo Codex, facsimile edition of the Leningrad Codex. And, I mean, they're photographs where you can actually see in color. And he talks about the name. Uh, I'll be honest, I've never actually watched this series, but I hear it's really good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then afterwards, they invite him to come in and do more, more series, right? Yeah. Like, what was it, three or four more yeah, series? Yeah, for the whole wow. year. For the whole, for the okay. whole year, he's going to be on. And he probably freaks out and says, what am I going to do for all these episodes? And he invites me to come on for one of the 12-minute segments. So he flies to Israel. He's sitting in my, on my couch in my apartment in Jerusalem. I'm out walking my dog, Georgia. I walk back in with, with Georgia, and I see him sitting on the couch like he's in shock. In shock. He's stunned. He's, gotten, he's, he's disappeared off their website. They've pulled his book off the store like in the middle of the night. For us in Israel, it was the middle of the night. And they've said, if you want to come back on, you've got to have your Jew come and debate our Jew. And now, that's what really happened. No, that mm. was offensive on, yes. on, on a profound level, uh, for me at least. Why it was offensive is that Jews in the Middle Ages, when they were living under Catholic rule, were forced to debate uh, Catholics. They were forced to debate what people who called themselves Christians, right? Mm. And uh, these were called the disputations. And there's a famous, one of the most famous disputations is the disputation of Barcelona in 1263 mm. with Nachmanides, and he appears before King James I of Aragon, mm. and he asks the king to be released from the disputation. He says, what are the, what's the matter? Are you afraid to debate? And he didn't know who he was talking to. Nachmanides explained, I spent my whole career debating. I, he is one of the rabbis who debated other rabbis on almost every point of, of Jewish tradition and law. Mm -hmm. Um, so he, literally his whole career was spanned with debates. Um, he, was, he was a master at this sort of um, argumentation. He said, however, when the mouse comes to debate the lion, no matter how good a debater he is, he prefers to be released from the debate, <laughs> meaning we are subjects under your rule, you Catholics. You're the ones who judge us and judge mm -hmm. who won the debate. If we lose, we could be forcibly converted. If we win, and he did win, he was eventually exiled from Spain. Mm -hmm. And he died far away from the land where he was born, his father was born, his grandfather was born, where all his family lived. And uh, he got to go to the land of Israel, but still, you're away from your family, mm -hmm. not by choice, but because you want to debate. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm being told, if, if Keith wants to stay on television, Keith has to bring his Jew, me, to debate their Jew, mm -hmm. um, who's a Messianic Jew or a convert to Christianity. Sure. Can I tell you a secret? For a few minutes, for a few minutes, mm -hmm. we discussed how Nehemiah would wipe the floor. We, we discussed the debate. <laughs> we said we only have one requirement. It had to be live. Mm. No taping. Just for a few minutes. Well, we no, talked, no, no editing. No <laughs> editing. No, <laughs> editing. Right. no creative and editing. And then Nehemiah does what he always does. He calls, he gets wisdom from other people. He's calling, and somebody said to him something really significant. Nehemiah, do you remember what that person this said? This person said, if you win the debate, they're going to hate us even more. We mm. can't do the debate. And look, my whole, my whole career, I, I, I had a, a mentor who was a, a, what's called an anti-missionary, a counter-missionary. Mm -hmm. His whole career was to convince the Christians why they're wrong and the Jews are right. Mm -hmm. And I was expected to follow in his footsteps. And early in my career, I thought, all right, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I had these conversations with Christians, and I found that they were not productive. Mm. I found that um, I've learned, I learned more, and I was blessed more, by focusing on the common ground Amen. rather Amen. than debating about why I'm right and you're Amen. wrong. Amen. Rather, okay, this is how I see things. Here's how you see things. Let's try to understand each other, working together on that common ground. And what this um, Christian television station was trying to do was drag me down 
into something that went on in the Middle Ages where Jews were forced to convert to Christian mm. uh, to um, debate Christians or Catholics. And um, I said, you know what? No, that's just going to lead to more hatred. And that's not what I'm about. My ministry is about focusing on the common Amen. ground and building up bridges rather than tearing them down. Amen. Now, here we go again. Now I'm kicked off television. <laughs> I'm over in Israel. I'm like, what, 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 wait, wait, what happened? And it, it's a and very this is what you were planning on doing for the whole rest of the year. I was going to do the rest yeah. of the year. And, and the, the long story short is the father was doing something so much deeper. Now, can I bring it again up to context? So eventually, Nehemiah is over in the United States, and he gets a phone call from someone that says, hey, did you know Michael has got a studio in Charlotte? And, and, and I'm at Keith's house in Charlotte. He's at my house. We're doing oh. study. We've been going back and forth. It's been there, there, blah, blah, blah. We get here, and he says, hey, listen, Keith, I need a ride. <laughs> Can you give me a ride over to let's, Michael's? Let's go over to the st these studios. This studio. I mean, I don't think it was uh, built up quite it as much like as it is now. It wasn't like this at the time, right? Um, yeah. But listen to this, this guy. Building. This is the sort of, and I just, I am so thankful. I don't think people realize the influence that Michael has had on so many people at so many different levels. If I just take Michael and his, his, his influence in my life, it, it's enough to fill a, a book. Hmm. So we come here in the studio and there's nothing here, but Michael's here. First, he wasn't going to be here. Oh, we're supposed to get a tour yeah. of the studio. He's yeah. not even going to be He's here. He's not going to be here. He's no. out of town somewhere else. We walk in. He happens to have just come in. And I had had just some experiences. Keith had had some experiences. <laughs> and we tell Michael what happened. And <laughs> Michael says... Everything changes. <laughs> everything changes. He said everything changes. And, and, and also, he had had a, uh, an event he was going to do over Shavuot, and the person involved, I don't remember who was, had it, a heart, heart attack or something. Yeah. And that's it. The event's over, or we don't know what to do. And we walk in completely. On, we're not supposed to completely, be there. Completely, no, no connection. And, and uh, Michael says, okay, will you guys do Shavuot? That ends up being the Open Door series. Oh, wow. Open Door Series okay. wasn't planned. It wasn't planned. It was, we were going to do one event because some guy had a heart attack and we had just been through some really... Difficult situations. Difficult and blessed yeah. situations, yeah. right? I'd had my experience in, in, in Smithfield. People can go watch about that. And, uh, and, and that came together and uh, we end up having the idea of, okay, I think Michael had the deal. Let's do another one. Let's do Yom Shirah. Then Michael we do a third with, one. We did three of them. And that became the Open Door series. So out of the adversity that we faced over this Torah scroll coming right. on television yeah. and him being kicked off, off of the television, um, we end up doing something that blessed uh, hundreds of thousands of people, oh maybe millions. That you know, This Open Door series has been now on YouTube and some of the episodes it's I don't now even being know. translated into Spanish. The open yeah, doors oh, they're wow. they're translating into yeah. Spanish. We're yeah. going to have we have a transcript and hopefully eventually subtitles, and it's just blessing people around the world. Yeah. So what uh, what someone some entity intended for evil turned out to be for a blessing for good, mm -hmm. and we were able to. And it's interesting. We actually calculated the amount of time. Keith would have been on television, the number of minutes. That's, that's what you do. You count up the number of minutes. And we found out that it was actually more in the Open Door series than we would have gotten on Christian television. Yes. And I think a lot more people saw it, the Open yeah. Door series than the How Christian television. That? And can I say, can I say this blessing. again? This is, this is why, again, I'm so appreciative of, of, for Michael because this, this thing continues to grow. Now it gets, it gets even better. Oh, okay. okay. All right. So we do this. I take it. I put it on the airplane. It goes there. They kick me off. They say, get rid of your Torah scroll and your, your Lepo Codex and your, your Leningrad Codex. We go back. We do the Open Door series. All of that um, is, is taking place. Now, every time there's a holiday, I always open up my scroll and I read it. Um, not much more than that. Um, really, we've focused on a number of different things. Then we get the invitation to come in and do the Hebrew Gospel Pearls. To finish the Hebrew Gospel Pearls, the biblical Beatitude series, uh, we, we taped right here, uh, thanks to you guys, with an excellent, the, the production group, they're excellent. Michael's Yes and Amen is excellent. Scott, all of you guys, Ted, it's been a great, we just finished that. In preparation for that, Nehemiah makes a suggestion. He says, you know, Keith, um, you know that last verse where we talk about rejoicing in the Torah scroll, maybe we should take a look inside your Torah scroll again. Hmm. Right, we've got the rejoice over getting married. I got married in front of the Torah scroll. We've got the rejoice Simchat Torah, the celebration of the Torah. It kept leading me back to this. I said, let's open up the Torah scroll. Now, the background for this, Scott, is for the last few years, with a little bit of a break in the, in the middle with COVID, I've been traveling around the world examining Hebrew Bible manuscripts, both codices, that's codexes, the uh, book form, and the scrolls. And I have traveled all over. I've been to uh, Washington, D.C., the British Library, 
Cambridge, Oxford, Germany, the uh, Berlin uh, State Library of Berlin, Russian National Library in St. Petersburg, at the Vatican, uh, Austrian National Library, and a bunch more I can't even remember. Uh, some of them I'm not allowed to say where they were exactly. Um, some private collections. I've been to see all kinds of scrolls all over. And we're studying this Hebrew Matthew. And I said, Keith, you know, I've looked at all these scrolls from all these different people. Let's look at your scroll. Let me, would you allow me to do with your scroll what, I, what I've done with scrolls now all over the world? And, and what is that? What, so what do you do to it, these so scrolls? So what we're, what we're looking at is examining the fine details of the scroll. Now, we did a little bit of that, okay. Scott, just after I came back from Museum of the Bible in, a, in an earlier Shabbat Night Live episode. But I thought, wow, what if we could do that with this Torah scroll? I don't know what we would find. Maybe we'd find nothing and it wouldn't be interesting. And maybe we'd find nothing. And, but we opened it up and we saw things that I've never seen any Torah scroll ever before. Really? Uh, and some of them are very, in, very interesting things. And what I'd really like to do, if you'll allow us to do this, so we can get the technology to work, is to come back on Shabbat Night Live, open up this scroll, and in real time, show the people with a camera peering down what types of things I see in the scrolls, the character of the scroll, the character of the scribe, the community that wrote the scroll. There's, like you said, every scroll has a story. And that story is told through the characteristics of the actual scroll. They're not all identical. And boy, is this one not identical. Mm. There are so many. We found like seven or eight things in this scroll where I'm like, okay, wow, we need to photograph this. We need to document it. We need to study this. And, this, and again, and again like, you know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I have a dream. He gives me a scroll. He gives me provision to get to Israel. I meet Michael, who has me meet Nehemiah. We go through this whole process. What I think is terrible, I get kicked off, I get back on and read a book. All of that stuff happens, and I'm thinking it's over. We've done the scroll. Mm. Until a couple days ago. Mm. And when the scroll <laughs> is opened, the first thing we find, I'm not going to say it, because I don't uh -huh. want to, you know, yeah. relates all the way back to the trip to Israel. Goodness. It relates to Michael. Yeah. It relates to Nehemiah. It relates to what we've been doing. I'm, I'll just tell you, Scott, the fact that you came in. Look, folks, he wasn't planning on coming. The <laughs> no. phone call came. Hey, they're going to they're gonna bring in the scroll. Last you night. had to put your suit on. <laughs> Last night. They look, they called in the big guns. I mean, you weren't planning it. We weren't planning it. Nehemiah, were we planning no. it? We weren't planning we weren't this. But to all. show people what my yeah. wife and I, can we just show one picture here? Sure. There's a picture of Nehemiah reading Leviticus chapter 23 again. This time here he's it reading it. In front of me, his wife, Linnell, my wife, Andrea, at our house. That is so significant because that picture, again, brings us full circle. Mm. We're going to actually, I, I'm just going to say, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited. I get, to see my, I get to see Michael. I'm going to give him the biggest hug because he has changed not only my life, but mm. so many lives. And this scroll mm. represents his yes. One of the things I'm really excited about is I have got this little device, mm -hmm. which has, it's a, a microscope that can look at the ink in 50x magnification, visible light, ultraviolet, and infrared, and you can see all kinds of interesting things ah. when you look in different manuscripts. And I'm going to actually show this for the first time on television. So we can do. I, you I don't know. Look, it's going to be on television. I don't, I don't know that anybody has ever seen this. In, in, so the uh, next episode, can we set that up on stage and we'll, we'll see yeah. if we can swing it with our crew here. Can, can we show that on with your microscope like real time while we're taping here? That's my goal. I'd like okay. to do that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I'll never get past the first thing he found. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave the studio after the Hold first thing. Hold on to next week. Let's just hang on. All right, All right. So you heard it first here. Okay. So we're going to open this scroll next week on Shabbat Night Live with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. Until then. Thank you for joining us. Shavua Tov. Have a great week and be sure to tune in next week here on Shabbat Night Live. <laughs>